This episode of the Shooting Bricks Podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Do you want to make some quick cash on sports betting but don't really know how? Well, come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a specific sport. For instance, if you're interested in the NFL on Thrive Fantasy, you choose 10 out of the 20 player prop positions to build your lineup. NFL not your thing? Not a problem. For the NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports, you choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to happen. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. If you're into the PGA, Thrive has new contests for each day of tournaments, so don't sweat it if your golfers ruin your weekend by not making the cut. Since launching in 2018, Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes. Ready to play? You can download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Don't forget to use our promo code SBPOD when you sign up today to receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. Welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And just right off the bat, it's been one hectic, hectic, hectic week with the U.S. elections going on and all the general craziness around us. And I think that's what really stands out is the general craziness, because right before this podcast started, a whole bunch of big news regarding Russell Westbrook and the Houston Rockets popped up. So... We'll get into all of that, but first, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by... Hey, uh, I'm Daniel Huen, and uh, to folks out there, just as long as you don't, you know, kill each other on the streets, I'm good. Uh, joining us as well. Damn, I, I love how you always start the podcast. It just puts me in a, in a, a very good mood. Uh, it's your boy, Really Rail, Jarrell Sells, and we do have a special guest. My name is Skylar Treppel. Happy to be on the Shooting Bricks podcast today. Lifelong hoops fan from Canada. That's right, not hockey. Basketball has been my favorite sport for my whole life. Big Lakers fan. Love Kobe Bryant. Started watching yes, basketball sir? when I was three years old in 1996 when I saw Space Jam. I was hooked. Same year Kobe was drafted. Also, I write. I'm, I'm on talk shows. I'm broadcast. I'm on podcasts. And I love to talk hoops recently predicted the lakers would win the championship 14 months in advance so uh i got some knowledge to draw today and very excited to be here with my awesome co-host and host yeah man and just to just to get a little bit of a a check here because i know these these other guys were really ecstatic about how the lakers just destroyed everyone so just talk about how you felt when the lakers won and your prediction came true it was amazing on every possible level. I mean, you think about the year of 2020, you think about the death of the late great legend, the Black Mamba, the Last Samurai, Kobe Bean Bryant, 
this championship was for Kobe. His spirit was there the whole way. And it just felt like that hype again of seeing the Lakers good again, of watching them dominate opponents again. It, it was like the good times were rolling again, even during this insane year. It was emotional. It was magical. I followed Anthony Davis for his whole career. Somehow he ends up on my favorite team and winning the championship, hitting the jumper, yelling, Kobe, the whole playoff run was spectacular. And when they won, it was, it was every good emotion you could feel in a really, really challenging year for all of us. And uh, with with social justice, too, and LeBron being at the forefront of that, seeing LeBron as a Laker doing it for Kobe when they matched up so much, it, it was just every emotion you could imagine. But being a lifelong Laker fan, it was as special as it gets, you know, and I uh, it's something I'm going to ride out the whole year because Lakers are defending champs until, uh, well, I would predict them to win next year, but we'll get into that later on. You heard yeah. it here first. Yeah. 2021 uh, Chats, Lakers repeating. Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I just wanted to really agree with Skylar really quick. Um, Before this season, the Lakers really haven't really felt like the Lakers in a while. And like, I do agree. They actually felt like the Lakers again. So uh, it's good to have this, uh, this franchise we've all loved since we, uh, we were young to, you know, to come back into the spotlight, man. Yeah. And speaking of the spotlight, great segue. The Houston Rockets find themselves in the worst kind of spotlight because news just seemingly came out that what Russell Westbrook and James Harden, their pairing isn't as rosy as it seems because Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston, according to the Athletics Champ Sharania. He's requesting a trade after only one year in Houston. And if you're a Rockets fan, this is the worst scenario you can find yourself in because you traded, I think it was two picks, future draft considerations, and Chris Paul's awful contract just for Russell Westbrook in hopes of winning a championship. And now after one year, everything's falling apart. You have no assets for the future, the immediate future at least. And you have one of the, I guess, top 10 players in the NBA. Feel free to to bash me. But this is, if I'm Houston, I'm freaking out because there was a giant mix-up or giant change in the front office and you have steven silas who's a brand new head coach he doesn't know what's going on and daryl morey or he's gone already so what do you do if you're houston at this point because who's going to take on the last i don't know three years was it of westbrook's 132 million dollar contract what's what would you do there i'd say i'll just keep him there and hope something changes but i'm i'm all ears guys Personally, um, I'm not surprised Russ is demanding a trade out of Houston. He's a particularly uh, difficult teammate and a difficult player to deal with from a coach's standpoint. Um, mm. Like we've known his history with teammates. Um, personally, uh, Houston needs to take a look at uh, at, in this, at themselves in the mirror. It's over, guys. Uh, Daryl Morey, your genius, your genius executive, was was res- responsible for building that team around James Harden in the last five, seven seasons. That's now gone. Um, I mean, you don't have assets. It's you have an inexperienced head coach who's gonna like who's gonna honestly not gonna do well coaching a pe- person like James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Anyway, it, it's it just embrace the rebuild. I mean, just let Steven Silas build a roster of his own and the next GM. I, I guess I'm very optimistic. Uh, I feel like 
this is the best case scenario for the Rockets. You weren't going to win with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, unfortunately. So for him to say verbally that or say it, whatever the case may be, it's out in the world now that he wants to leave. This is the best scenario. Get him off the Houston Rockets. There are stupid teams in the NBA. We have known, we, we know this. And I know yes. one team that's yeah. the, the most stupidest team in the NBA, the New York Knicks. Yeah, they, the have tons, <laughs> they have tons of salary cap. <laughs> and on all honesty, the Rockets might be able to dump Russell Westbrook off to the Knicks. And this allows them to get that salary cap, right? James Harden cannot play with a dominant point guard, a point guard that was all-star, all-NBA player. You need a all-defensive all, all point guard so he can do what James Harden doesn't want to do. He doesn't need the ball. Maybe a D and three type of guy. I, I wanted to say Patrick Beverly, but I don't really <laughs> like Patrick Beverly. But it's, it's not going to work. So I think they're in the, in, the, in the best situation now. Just see what they can get for Russell Westbrook. And in all honesty, at this point, anything in return that helps James Harden will be beneficial for them. And do not doubt uh, the head coach for the Rockets right now. He has been an assistant coach for, for some years. So to, to, to say that he's not going to be able to do it, you, you, we got to give him we got to give him some type of slack and see what he has and what he can do with this rocket team. And even Mike D'Antoni, a prestigious coach, wasn't able to do. Shit. So <laughs> maybe you need an assistant coach that hasn't had that head coach and experience to deal with the with the superstar in James Harden. But Russell Westbrook is a bad teammate. I can't see it. He challenges. He challenges his team, his teammates. He goes out there Agreed. hard. He might he might not be as efficient as we want him to be, but he's a mother. MVP. So stop throwing dirt on Russell Westbrook's name. <laughs> and why did Kevin Durant leave? Why did Kevin Durant Because Kevin Durant leave? wanted to win. And that's okay, but it's not yeah. to win solely yeah, on Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he wanted to win and Russell Westbrook was a pain in the ass. It's, it's not Russell Westbrook's fault. No Russell Westbrook's fault, though. KD left right before, right before they were about to go all the way. They blew a 3-1 lead themselves. I think they could have done well. This is one of the craziest conundrums I've seen in the NBA. I love me some Westbrook. I think really this dude has that killer mentality, okay? And here is an interesting fit for Russell Westbrook. We're talking about trading Chris Paul to Phoenix. What about Russell Westbrook in Phoenix? He said he wants mm. to be more of a floor general. That comment came out. Westbrook is younger than Chris Paul. What if he runs the floor there and has a dude like Devin Booker who has hit the most game winners tied with LeBron since 2015, game winning buzzer beaters since 2015 when he came into the league with DeAndre Ayton. Can you imagine Westbrook with young weapons with the opportunity to actually be a leader I think that would be a really interesting scenario. Also, though, with the Lakers, I think they're too dominant in the West. What if Westbrook does go East with the Knicks? As far as the Houston Rockets, Stephen Silas, 20 years of assistant coaching experience. His father was Paul Silas, and Paul Silas played in the NBA. Paul Silas coached. And I think I would have liked to see the Rockets run it back actually with Steven Silas. I think he might've given Harden and Westbrook the freedom to be themselves because Westbrook wasn't going to fit into a D'Antoni system. D'Antoni has his own system and nice. I would have liked to see that. But right now, man, it's a crazy time. And the Rockets, I want to see what they can do with James Harden, but what can they do? What else can James Harden do? He kills it in the regular season, and then he doesn't step it up in the postseason the way he needs to. That is where I'm really searching for answers right now. But I think the NBA is blowing up right now. It's going to be Personally, a lot. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, uh, Skylar. Uh, personally, I think we're beginning to see the uh, the start of the beginning of the end for Russell Westbrook. Uh, we saw it during this previous season. He kind of he wasn't himself. I mean, he like I think 
the next place he goes. A year from now, I'm predicting we're gonna call him a washed up point guard. That's no. how. What? No, I'm gonna. Oh, okay, so triple am, double seasons, man. So Look I at what am, we said about Oscar. Dude, I am one of those people that not. I don't really like Westbrook. I'll admit it because I, to me, he's not a championship winning point guard. He is. Yeah, he isn't. But he really to call isn't. him, and he's getting say, he's getting up there in age. He's getting he's 32. Older. He's 32. Yes, tomorrow, yes. A player so like him, that's when they start to break down. No, right. 34 is the extended prime age right now with the technology we have. I think Westbrook's still got some time. But, to that's why I want to see him on Phoenix and run him with some young players. Dish the ball uh, on the floor. How, Skyler, okay, so, I think if he ends up in Phoenix, I think you're going to be disappointed. I'll, okay, I will agree with that because the Phoenix Suns, they're a rudderless ship, right? They found some sort yeah. of stability with with Devin Booker. But if they get Westbrook, you're going to have Booker, Aiden, and Westbrook vying for that number one spot. And Aiden, he's clearly not a number one spot. Devin Booker is undoubtedly. And knowing how Russell Westbrook is this extremely fierce competitor, he's going to try and take that away from Devin Booker. And considering he's such a ball-dominant guard, I don't think that's going to work that well compared with CP3. To be honest... Maybe that's what Devin Booker needs. Exactly. This is a doggy dog league. F- all that blue. Mm. I am trying to secure my contract. I am trying to secure the best possible team and win. So if I need a player like Russell Westbrook that's going to uh, push Devin Booker out of his comfort zone, uh, no double teams and pickup games, okay. then do that. Sh- I understand. Russell, I understand your point, what you're making. Russell Westbrook kind of has that that mindset that Carmelo has. I'm not taking a step back. I'm the number one option, yada, yada, this and that. But if he's if he really is is embodying this this uh, facilitator role, I feel like that's possible. Matching him up with Devin Booker and on that Phoenix Sun team might be something I don't see. What's the alternative? What other team are we looking at putting Russell Westbrook on? Because we keep on saying he's a bad teammate, bad player. Where can we plug him in at? He's he an needs, MVP player. He's he going to impact to the team regardless. The and thing I, is, he needs to suck it up and go to and be a role player on a championship squad. He needs to alter role his game. Player, player. Role player. He's not a role player. Yet. He's you. not going to do that. He's not going to do that. But he's not a role player. When he says the words floor general, I think of Chris Paul. And I see Westbrook evolving into more of that Chris Paul role. And if he has a guy like Devin Booker, look, the one reason I think those two can work is they have a killer mentality. I'm bringing up the Black Mamba again because Kobe said the player most like him when he retired was Russell Westbrook. And in 2016, Kobe wrote on Devin Booker's shoes, be legendary. And like I said, Devin Booker, three-game winner, game-winning buzzer beater since he came into the league. That's tied for the most with LeBron. I think this could be a very interesting pairing where Devin Booker is becoming the scorer. Westbrook is getting older. Westbrook can run the floor, bring the ball up, but he's got Devin, he's got Devin Booker to work with. I think there could be some interesting magic there, but don't count out Russell Westbrook quite yet. Three triple-double seasons. Remember what we said about Oscar Robertson always in that season. Westbrook is a special player. Right, and before we move on to the next thing here, I just want to get one final thing from you guys. If Westbrook does end up in Phoenix somehow, right, we'll figure out all the, the trade details later. We'll probably fire up the trade machine, whatever have you. But provided that happens, where do you think the ceiling is for the Phoenix Suns? Because for me, if Westbrook gets to Phoenix somehow, 44 wins. 44-45, that's their cap. I think they are a playoff team. I think Russell Westbrook personally, 
Uh, given his age, I think he's going to have to revamp his game. I like what Skyler offered uh, that Chris Paul type of role, but that would mean he would have to take a t- take his points per game a notch down and let Devin Booker take the spotlight. Um, I think Phoenix is honestly they they would be a playoff team, but they'll yeah, like what Jared said, they'll be a forty win team. It, that Phoenix that organization from the bottom is rotten and it's not really built for a winning culture in the long run. Um. I don't think we have to also factor in the Phoenix Suns aren't really good uh, aside yeah. from yeah Devin they're not they, that's my point they're not really good <laughs> and, and you were saying it as if Russell Westbrook still can't average twenty a night and close to eight assists and still impact the game heavily I think they with Russ with the addition of Russell Westbrook but they have to give up pieces and I'm thinking of pieces like Kelly Oubre who really mm-hmm. really uh improved right. They're gonna have to get some some glue guys, and it's all on that 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 organization, a GM, if they're gonna be able to input players that complement their big three. So depending on that, that's that I can't give a ceiling. I can see with the addition of Russell Westbrook and a big three of Devin Booker and Aiton, if it clicks, they can for surely get snag an eighth seed, seventh seed. But anything higher than that depends on how they fill out their roster. Once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. But as far as regular season goes, uh, I might I might give them a 50 win close to that ceiling, but that's right around where you guys are at. You know, I think it's really interesting with this team because there is a certain recipe for a championship team in the NBA. And this is why I predicted the Lakers because they got the young star in Anthony Davis. They had the veteran leadership in LeBron James. And then you round it out with those older glue guy players like the Barbosas and the Agudalas on the Golden State Warriors, like the Shane Battier, Mike Miller, and Ray Allen on the Miami Heat. And if they can do that, that's the only way I could see it working. But Devin Booker is that star. Devin Booker can be that dude. And if Westbrook is willing to play more of that facilitator role, drop his points down, even to 20, right? He averaged over 27 this year. Mm-hmm. I think they could do some damage in that case, but there it's a, it's a short off season, but there's lots of places that Westbrook could go. This is a fascinating developing story. Right. And speaking what of, what happened if he ended up on the Knicks? I'd I would, yeah, I would just clown the, the Knicks even more like, come on, man. Like what? But we'd have KD versus Westbrook. We'd have KD in Brooklyn, Westbrook in New York, Westbrook leading a culture on the Knicks. I think mm. that'd be a hilarious storyline. But no, it would be the Westbrook show. He wouldn't be winning a chip there. <laughs> but uh, triple double season for sure. He ain't pa- only time he passing the ball when it's a layup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of interesting developments, so. I kind of wrote this down in the doc and there's a lot to go over here, but first I just want to introduce kind of like this new thing that I want to try out. It's called temperature checks because you know, it's getting colder everywhere. So why not have this quick temperature check to see how you guys are feeling about these certain topics. So the first thing on the list is this is a hefty one. So bear with me. What do you guys think about the NBA confirmed start date of December 22nd with the draft on November 18th? And the trade moratorium lifting shortly after the draft. And just for a a little bit of information here. So the free agency actually begins on November 20th at 6 p.m. And signings begin on November 22nd at 12.01 p.m. per ESPN. The cap is set at $109 million. And there is a lot of moving storylines. So we'll just start with this first. The 
December 22nd start date and how every how compact everything is. Because personally, this is the best that they could come up with. And why not, right? Have a an irregular season so that the next season will be regular. Personally, I'm not a fan of this. I think, I mean, obviously I'll live with it. I mean, sure, it's good to have the NBA back. But at the same time, I think the, the 22nd date is honestly too early. I mean, especially it's it's not exactly fair to everyone. Um, and, and when you're running a sports league, you want to protect your, your, your biggest stars. Your biggest star, LeBron James, just got done winning an NBA championship one month ago. And now you just want him to get back on the court and, you know, full intense physical play in December, just he's, two months after the fact. He's he's already said that he's not going to be playing the first month. He's he's just, if he is going to be playing, he's probably going to be playing one or two games. Which kind of makes it worse in my eyes. Kind of makes it worse in my eyes. You want your star player to be there on opening night and you want them to be out on the court on like, you know, as, as much as possible. So, I mean, it's just, to me, it's just too soon. They should have at least waited till January. I know, I know we, we would have, probably cut the season to 50 games, but at the same time, it's COVID. Everyone's going to lose money anyway. And plus at the, like, I have to like, you know, remind everyone, this is the NBA. They, they make money. Like, you know, like money is falling out of the sky. They were going to recoup that recoup the losses. Anyway, there was, I mean, like personally, your players, the well-being of being of your players is the most important at this rate. But you know, this decision completely ignores it. Um, I understand where you're coming from, Daniel. You know, we want to take in consideration their health and you saying that it's not fair for everyone. But for the majority of the league, this is fair. They haven't got a lot of how many teams went to the bubble? 22. OK. And how many left after the first month? A lot. So a lot. A lot. So in, in all honesty, majority more than half the league is is uh, biting at the bit to want to play. And if LeBron James wants to take some games off. Take some games off. I'm sorry. We're going to have to become uncomfortable. The whole world is uncomfortable. And we're trying to get some type of normalcy here. So I, I'm okay with the date. If, t- if players want to take some time off, that gives us more time to see other developmental players. G League players gets more opportunities. T- uh, THT on the Lakers gets more opportunities. Hopefully we don't have that bum-ass Kuzma on our team. We have a new player yep. on our team getting some opportunities. So I'm okay with it. Let the young guns get that. Get- our old fellas, let them rest. It's okay. The Lakers are going to be all right. So I'm okay with this date. I'm okay with it. I like what you're saying about the young players there, Jarrell. I think this is the year of the young NBA player. I think that's what it means. There's lots of storylines. Look, I wasn't that okay with it at first. I wanted them to get some rest. But now with LeBron saying also I'm a cherry pick off AD, let the young guns show out. I'm hyped up. This is going to be a good season. I like it. It's going to be a lot of rookies getting minutes like we've never seen before. It's going to be young players, guys like LeBron, guys like Carmelo, Chris Paul, even your Harden, Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard's. They're going to take it a little bit easier at the beginning of the season. I've never been a fan of load management, but this is the one time I think it's acceptable to get through this season Get the NBA rolling again. Let the older players ease into it and let the young guns show out. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of load management DNPs. Expect that right off the cuff. But I just want to get back to something Daniel said. And he spoke about a few things, the NBA making a ton of money and health for the players. So really quickly, according to Woj, the NBA could lose up to 40% of its revenue with no fans, right? But with the start date, 
the NBA can alleviate those losses because that would bring in at around, I think, $500 million to help with those losses. And the reason why for that start date was because they wanted to, A, keep the money, and B, have players ready for the Olympics as well. And if they have that 50-game schedule starting at, you know, in January, they would lose, again, this big number, $500 million, and their players won't be ready enough for the Olympics, which after the the United States is disappointing showing last year, they need to have some sort of good showing this year, just to show that the United States is still the powerhouse of basketball because Spain's catching up. Australia is catching up. All these different countries are now gearing towards the United States because they can smell blood in the water. And if the United States is bad, that's just a bad look for the NBA. Look at 2004. And then you talk about how the player's health. Well, some health officials actually are on your side, Daniel, because one of the things that health officials are concerned about is this is quote unquote uncharted territory. And according to someone from, from ESPN, they said having them play this season is the bubble times three or four or five, because they're trying to extend that to a period of time with a minimal ramp up. And that could cause, you know, soft tissue injuries like you saw with the 2011-2012 season. How many players tore their ACLs? I remember Ricky Rubio tearing his ACL. I remember Stephen Curry twisting his ankles because he didn't have that proper ramp up. And so those are just some things that we have to keep into account. But at the end of the day, money rules over everything. So, But Jared, you got to you gotta realize here, like the NBA is the NBA for a reason. The NBA is one of the hottest sports leagues in the world. And it's been the hottest, probably arguably one of the hottest sports leagues in the last 10, 15 years. They're going to recover no matter what. And, but, and I want to also get to your point on like, you know, Team USA getting beat, how that's that's a bad look for the NBA. I'm not so sure. I mean, it, it, if the if the United States does poorly, it gets beat by another foreign country, that, that could actually potentially be good for the game of basketball. It shows that one country doesn't dominate, and, the, and, the, and in fact, the game is growing as other countries begin to level the, you know, equal the playing field. So let me just slide in there really quickly about more money talk, if you don't mind. So the reason why this date was approved by the NBA and the MBPA was because both sides were working to handle the salary cap for 2020-21. And they wanted to fix and work on the salary caps and the luxury tax so that the players can spread out their losses over multiple years instead of having one giant hit this year. So just a little thing to include there. And I don't... I don't necessarily agree with you on the Olympics take, but I just want to hear what G or Skylar has to say. If you guys have anything to add. Uh, yeah. Um, one, cause there was, I had a lot of thoughts here yeah. and I'm trying to gather them back. Uh, Olympics take. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with, with Daniel, with what Daniel is saying. We can't sit here and think that the USA is going to dominate half the f-ing league is international players. We have Canadians, yes. Australians, eh, eh, you know what I'm saying? So it's not in, in favor of, of one country now. It's, it's, it's different. It's a different year. Basketball is international now. It's global. It's all around the world. Um, we also have to give in to – there is a lot of players that are on, are on the brink of all-star, like Devin Booker, that aren't considered for – uh, the Olympics. So there's there's a lot of talent in the NBA. We 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 have a lot of older players that are are on the decline of their um, years. Chris Paul per se, and we have some players that are all star point guards that haven't even played in the Olympics yet, right? 
touching up on the health factor, we also have to factor in two things. One, earlier this year, the NBA players had about a how, – how long did they have between the start, the stop of season and bubble play? It stopped in March, right? We have April, June, and then we started uh, all way, almost close to the end of July. That's two and a half months that these guys had break. Then they went into bubble play. I understand. I think we keep thinking that the, 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 the basketball players continuously play this whole year, which they haven't. They got a break. So this break that they're getting now before the season, it's I'm get I'm 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 a little less I'm a little lenient on them starting at December twenty second now because they did get a break. It's a different world now. We not we don't have NBA players. Think about it. If it was a regular year, we would have NBA players participating in the Drew League, yada yada, this and that on the summer. They're not doing that. They're quarantined. They might be hooping in that gym that we see on Twitter. They might be hooping at their house or their local gym uh, down the street. But they're not doing a lot of competitive stuff. They're they're doing that and then they're going home. They're not. We have to quarantine. They have to make sure that their health is intact. So that's a lot of rest that's going into there. So I just want to touch up on that on the health aspect. And I think that was all the thoughts that I had in response to what you guys were talking about. Yo, those are great points. So I'm going to bring up an interesting stat here. Teams like the Warriors, who didn't go to the bubble, 285 days off. Lakers and Heat, 71 days off. So lots of teams have not played a lot of basketball. And man, Jarrell brings up some interesting points. It is hard to forget there was this massive break. So I think the NBA does need to restart now because then it exactly it continues for too long with all of the different elements with the CBA and the way the money would be spread out and continuous losses. They just got to do something like a 72 game season. So hopefully by the time this all starts up again, we'll be back one day into October starts and the way things were and they have to do something like this to make it happen you can't find a solution that's going to please everyone i think they're doing their best and this makes a lot of sense as far as the olympics well i do agree with jared that it would be a very bad look for the usa to lose how much competitiveness would that spark around the world for basketball for the talent and that's exactly what I almost want to see it happen now that that's brought up because that would be really interesting because you look at soccer for example and yes it's competitive exactly the u.s just doesn't have that same way that they bring up players from the time they're kids u.s just fell behind they're never going to catch up Whereas the rest of the world is starting to catch up in basketball. I'll give a shout out to Canada here. Six first round picks this year. Uh, exactly. that and, and it is becoming a global sport and basketball with the way football's going with all of the concussions and everything. This could be really good for the game of basketball. Yes. Um, a global sport and one of maybe the biggest sport in the world one day, if we get that Olympic competition. So there's a lot of if the NBA ever aims and dreams, keeps dreaming that they can be, you know, arguably the most popular and popular sport in the world, they must level the uh, the playing field when it comes to international competitions. Let's face it, one of the reasons why soccer is so popular is because the international game is so thrilling. It's so everyone is competitive, and you don't exactly you don't exactly know who wins the World Cup. If you want your sport to be more popular, no one country can have it all. Yeah, and I think that's what really endeared global fans to the United States was how just dominant they were in 1992. Like if you look at most of the, I guess the elder European players or even the newer players nowadays, if you ask them, what was the moment that basketball encapsulated your life? 
they'll probably say 1992 Michael yeah. Jordan. Like I know for sure that was for Tony Parker because he said it multiple times. Which is true, but now you need to evolve from that. It's time to make the international field competitive. Right. Because there is nothing more important than that dream team for the development of the game. That's completely true. I think right now, though, is a crucial point where we see international players, Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis. Jamal Murray. All, Jamal, yeah, Jamal Murray, Canadian boy. Uh, all on the rise. And right now is a time where having a dominant U.S. team is always good. But right now, there's so much international talent that this could be the moment for the U.S. to fall off just a little mm -hmm. bit in the Olympic competition. And then we get that loss. And then they're fired up. And then we get a team like the Dream Team again. But it just raises that level of competition. Right. And just to, just to segue off of that, we're talking about dominant teams and we're talking about Canada. So the Golden State Warriors are a dominant team and they have Andrew Wiggins. But by all accounts, the Warriors don't want Andrew Wiggins and they're trying their damnedest to find a trade partner. And so I just have this quick trade for you guys. I don't know. Personally, I'm not going to take it, but I want to hear your guys' take. So with the Warriors' second pick, they can do a variety of things. And something that I saw was Blake Griffin and the number seven pick for Andrew Wiggins and the number two pick. Personally, I would say no. I would keep the, I would keep the pick and then trade off whoever they get down the line for someone else. Would you guys agree or would you guys take that Blake Griffin trade? I personally agree with, agree with you, Jared. I think they, I think, you know, personally, this is kind of a ballsy take. If I'm the Warriors GM, I don't, I don't trade that number two pick unless you honor one or two players, Giannis or Ben Simmons, or else I'm not taking anyone else because you I mean, because like that number two pick, uh, I mean, no other players, honestly, if you, if you're going to trade that number two pick to someone, I might as well trade for a championship piece or else. I mean, I, I'd rather just take my chances, add my depth anyway. Like I, like I've been telling you guys, this pick Wiggins, next year's Timberwolves pick and whatever picks the Warriors have for Giannis. You know what? If, if, if the Warriors aren't able to acquire Giannis this off season, I don't think this is a bad trade. They haven't, I, I haven't heard, I'm not a Warriors fan, so correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I haven't heard them like the, the Warriors being sold on a particular player. I heard about uh, the Israel player. Uh, Danny Adija. Yeah. I've heard about just blowing smoke for blowing smoke. So, I mean, it, if they are not sold on the top three picks that we are assuming are going to be the top three picks, then why not do this? You get that bum, Andrew Wiggins, which I don't even think he's that much of a bum. I, yeah, you know, he, he, he serves just, the purpose for what the Warriors need. He just that hasn't lived spot. up to the potential. So you get a pick. You still get a lottery pick. This, this, this draft is loaded. Teams might do something stupid, and you might end up still getting a top player that falls to that pick. And you also get a versatile big that doesn't have to do as much on a Warriors team. He embodies everything that you want at a five. He's playmaking better. He's, he's able to handle the ball better now. He's shooting better. Blake Griffin is a better Draymond Green offensively compared to Draymond Green's defense. So having that along with keeping the pick – I, I, I don't think that's that's not a bad consolation prize. So do trust him to stay I, healthy. Do you mind if I interject here real quick? So another thing that I've seen was that the Warriors were really interested in bringing along LaMarcus Aldridge. The Spurs' 11th pick and LMA for Wiggins and the, the Warriors' number two pick. 
because they no 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 that's what I've been seeing that's what I've been Go ahead. Lamarcus, Go ahead, doesn't, Lamarcus doesn't. Uh, Lamarcus doesn't have it. He no, he, he, he's he doesn't done. have that killer mentality at all. When he went to the Spurs, he <laughs> needed to uh, to borrow Bruce Bowen's number because he just couldn't take another number. He just he doesn't have that killer mentality. Nope. He's not gonna do it. Look, I like Andrew Wiggins and all. He could have been maybe maybe a better Harrison Barnes for the Warriors. <laughs> this Warriors team, they need they need to spark it up right now. They need a spark. I'm not sure, though, that they need as major a spark as Giannis. I also am not sure if I can see Giannis totally buying into kind of what KD did because he's so competitive. He's such a competitive player. I can't see him really enjoying being on the Warriors in the same way. I like Blake Griffin. I, I you know, do y'all forget? Do y'all forget with Blake Griffin? This dude jumped over a car. This dude yep. had mad hops, and now he evolves and he can shoot the three. And no, he doesn't have those same dunking ability, but he is a special offensive player who has not found the right system for him. And the same way, Dwight, on a lesser extent, Dwight Howard kind of found some of that magic with the Lakers this year. I could see Blake Griffin doing that with the Warriors and playing a really, really special role for them and helping to reignite that team. And if they don't have to give up that number two pick as well, and uh, they do, you know, they could go on to do something pretty special. So I actually really like the idea of Blake on the Warriors because I don't think they need to ignite the fire with someone like Giannis that much, nor do I think that's going to happen. But I think Blake Griffin can be the type of spark they might need. I, I like Kevin Love, too, to be honest. If oh, y'all yeah. can no. somehow just trade Wiggins and keep that pick and get – What? What? No, Kevin no, Love? No, Re- He's going to rebound. He's able to – he's not going to be a facilitator like Blake Griffin and Draymond Green, but those outlet passes, he's going to get those out, and he's going to shoot. What What else do you have at the five? Marquise Chris? Come oh, on, dog. Oh, you got to – Bro. Ke- We're talking like- about getting players in exchange for Wiggins. In that case, keep Wiggins and keep the pick. Yeah, or trying to get better. You trying to get a better player? Next year's pick too. Hey, I don't know, man. We are gonna <laughs> see if y'all can pull that out. Love could That's be nice, saying. but like the thing is, it's just they need someone who can bully ball a little bit. They need yep. they got the shooting. They got all that, and love. He just he kind of got a little bit skinnier as the years went on. He's not playing that bully ball quite as much. I like. I do remember when he got thirty rebounds. Don't get me wrong, but he's not that Kevin Love anymore. He doesn't even look the same. I like Blake Griffin playing some bully ball in the post while providing that shoot. I mean, okay. He's not bully ball no more. He want to be KD too, just like (laughs) Anthony Davis. I don't think the Warriors had a bully ball player when they won the championship, did they? Yeah, KD. KD, because he would see the thing with KD. uh, I want to say three levels forward. KD, KD. like the the Bogut. You know what I'm saying? Like he's talking about post player that's going to be able to. KD's all around. He's not going to put you in a post 10 times a game. He's going to shoot. He's going to score. But if you're looking for that four or five, the Warriors didn't have that. You guys, you guys created small ball. So keep doing it. It's a stretch four. Griffin is a stretch four. I I mean, okay. I like, I like Blake Griffin, but my concern about Blake Griffin and I, is that like, can he, he has an injury history and like, I'm, is can he stay healthy for the time being? That's what my biggest concern with Blake. If he Griffin takes is. a lesser role with the Warriors, right? Exactly. Shooters. I, I think that could I think that could potentially work. Less stress on him, less minutes to play. He's not gonna play 35 minutes on the Warriors. He's gonna yeah. be in, in between 25 to 27, in my opinion. Because you're not gonna need him for that long. You guys yeah. blow out teams. We don't need Blake Griffin <laughs> for a whole game. We just need him for two and a half quarters. 
two and a half quarters, right? I was but, thinking of Blake Griffin in more of that like Andrew Bogut role, but modernized. That's kind of the way I see Blake Griffin. Not that Andrew Bogut was an extreme professional at bully ball, but he played the center role. And I can see Blake Griffin providing just enough bully ball in the post with the shooting the Warriors have, stretch four, modernized, and potentially being a nice fit. I like that idea. Right. And so speaking of ideas, I don't know if you guys saw this. This was this just kind of slipped under the radar here, but I just want to get your guys' take on this. There's apparently a growing sense among NBA circles that the Spurs front office is up to something big behind the scenes, per Matt Babcock. What is it? I don't I it's don't something really big. See, I don't really see them landing a big all-star Sounds anytime like a good soon. Movie title. Something big. Okay, the Lakers are planning to sign free agents this year. This sounds like a Magic Johnson tweet. Okay. (laughs) All right. If we were doing something, nothing, or everything on uh, the jump here, I I would say nothing. I I, I gotta have more. I mean, like, what does that mean? Like, Like, teams say that all the time in the press. Something big is happening behind the scenes. I'll give the Spurs their props where it's due for how good of a franchise they are. But, I mean, Tim Duncan just left coaching today, they announced. He's not going to be the coach. So they're losing more of that culture every day. How long can Pop stay around? Uh, If they're up to something big, I would assume Pop has something to do with it. Maybe a trade with DeRozan. But I need need more details. But, you know, shout out to the Spurs and their history. I mean, they could trade as DeJounte Murray, and I'd be okay with that. No, they're not going to do that. The point guard of their future, no. Yeah, he could be our point guard of our future. Lakers we'll Nation, baby. But speaking of point guards, great segue. The Timberwolves have the number one pick, and I personally think that they are going to keep the pick, probably get LaMelo or something, because Wiseman just doesn't fit. But, yeah, what do you guys think? Will the Timberwolves keep the pick? It's only one. We're less than a week away from the draft. So I mean, what – I, I guess they can get like a lot of like a lot of like role player assets with trading the pick, but personally, I would just keep the pick for now. Um, pick who pick whoever they think best fits and just see how it goes. Uh, I mean, their their team is still in rebuilding. I just got a great idea. I didn't think that I was going <laughs> to stop you. It just it just dawned on me because I was thinking like you know a Jimmy Butler would fit on this, <laughs> a fit on this team. <laughs> but I mean we've been talking about Ben Simmons. Throw Ben Simmons ass on that team. They don't need that much shooting. They need defense, and he can facilitate. He can play the one. Have D'Angelo play off guard, which he excelled at and became an all star playing that little off guard position. So I think Ben Simmons instead of Devin Booker will work better on this Timberwolves team. I I don't know. That's that's really, really interesting. But here's what I see them doing with the pick, okay? Because I said some stuff about Phoenix earlier. So let it play out in Phoenix for one more year and let the pick play out for one year. But if it ain't working with Devin Booker in Phoenix and He's whatever gone. happens with this pick, if it is not a superstar, I want to see Devin Booker on the Timberwolves form the big three. three year, Ten years ago, the decision happened, okay? LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade came together, same draft class, all good friends. We got here, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Devin Booker, all same draft class, all good friends, all young superstars. No, they're not on that level yet, but there is potential. And as I said, recipe for a championship. Get defensive players. No, these guys are not defensive superstars, but they all have offensive 
game-changing superstar talent potential. So you surround them with some young defensive players. I see that I say to the Timberwolves, keep this pick, draft this year, and if it's not a Magic Johnson type rookie season, trade for Devin Booker. I mean, like Skylar scenario is quite interesting personally because I believe Devin Booker. What the, I actually think Phoenix is honestly one of the more worst like run teams in the league in general, and I think that franchise with Devin Booker is just not going to last. They're just they're never going to really live to a ceiling that they can win a championship on. I think it's always been inevitable that Devin Booker leaves Phoenix somehow. Personally, I thought there's a chance that he may end up in LA eventually, but Skyler scenario could work. I, I see it working. I just wanted to provide an alternative. I just hope that he doesn't continue to drink the Kool-Aid of loyalty like Bradley Bill did with the Washington yep. Wizards. Mm. And I just see it happening. Like I know for, for video game wise and, and our realities, we want this, we want this to happen. But then again, on the Timberwolves, like the Timberwolves, and as the Suns. Nobody's coming to the Phoenix. So, like, no you got to hold on to him. Like, I can't give him up on a dream and a hope that this number one pick in this year's draft, which people are saying is questionable, they, it, it's deep, but there's a lot of questions around these prospects. So, I can't – I can't. we had a, a, a good end to our season with Monty Williams and, and Devin Booker. So, to give up on him now, I, I don't know. Yeah, and just to go off of that, there have been conflicting reports that Devin Booker wants to leave the Suns, right? We saw – a few things saying that he wants to leave, but then he's saying that he doesn't want to leave. And it makes sense that he wants to leave because yes. since being drafted, awful. since being drafted, they've gone 121 and 280 for a 43% Ooh. win percentage. Wow, that's bad. And he's had five head coaches in his five years there. And the thing is, he's 24 and he's owed $130 million for the next four years. So that's about an average of $32 million. So, if a team does want to get him, there's going to be some sort of salary adjustment or whatever to, just to find the trade partner. But then you also have to take into account, does Devin Booker want to just ride out the rest of his contract? Because by the time he's done with his contract, he's still 28 and he's a great shooter and that never leaves. So does he just want to stick, stay in Phoenix with a team, just wait it out, get your, get your bag and then when the time comes, just hop onto the Lakers with AD potentially, twenty eight, and then AD is thirty. That's that's why I said like there, there's there's a I have always had this weird feeling that, that there's a chance that he ends up on the Lakers eventually. I don't know how, but he ends up there. That's a lot of uncertainty in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? We could have said Derrick Rose is going to end up winning a championship <laughs> after his MVP season, and I hate to bring that up, but it's just. You don't. I, you're you're getting. You're gonna get paid regardless. So you have to make that decision soon. Phoenix hasn't been doing. Shit. If you want to leave, this might be your opportunity. Get you ever see that movie? Get out. Get out. <laughs> you might be stuck there the rest of your your career because then he might yeah. be 28 years old and he might be a Carmelo Anthony situation where he's like, I just want to make sure I'm the number one and I'm getting paid. Yeah. This I see. Be. Go ahead, Scott. I I see Devin Booker. I think I think again. Here's what I'd ideally like to see in this crazy, uncertain time. Do the one-year Westbrook experiment in Phoenix. I feel like they're trading for Westbrook or Chris Paul. I think Westbrook would be a better option now that he's available, if they can do that. And then same with the T-Wolves. Do the one-year number one draft pick experiment. And then if you're Devin Booker, I'm not sure something happens this year. It's too soon. There's too much going on. But next year, if you're Devin Booker 
and you're going to hit free agency anyways, and you can join the Lakers eventually, which I would love to see, by the way, especially after the, uh, the Kobe message on his shoes, then get out of Phoenix next year. Yeah, I mean, why would you want to stick around Phoenix yeah. for the rest one of your career? One more year, and then it's, see ya. I like to reiterate, it's one of the worst run franchises in all of basketball, and I don't think they're going to be a championship contender for a while. Years. Loyalty, loyal to the soil. The Phoenix Suns is the only team that took a chance on him. Devin Booker was the Devin Booker was the 14th pick in that draft class. 14th, but barely what, made what have, it in the lottery. <laughs> what have they done for him since? What have Nothing. they done? Paid, paid him, paid yeah, him they money. They paid him, and they've improved still... at a small at a small rate and a in a very is it good competitive enough? Western Conference. No, it's not good enough. But we see that good enough teams still aren't good enough. You have to be lucky in this league, and we finally have a stable coach in Monty Williams, and it starts at the in in the uh, front office. Lucky give is him one more year. Lucky one is year. lucky is ending up on the Los Angeles Lakers, playing for Anthony Davis, and potentially competing for an NBA title. Exactly, that's lucky. I'm cool with that. All right. Well, speaking of luck, I just want to flip to the other team in LA because they're making some waves uh, too. Uh, those those douchebags. Oh, okay. The, stri- the LA strippers. Take the it choke easy. artists. Take it easy. Let's, uh, I'm going to try and get through this super quickly so that we don't have to talk about them for a while because, again, we're all, we, we're all fans of a team in California that don't typically like the Clippers. So I'll just get through this. I'll fly right through this, and we'll just go from there, right? So I like Kawhi, so I'm all right with it. Right. Kawhi's a weirdo. He won, can, he won Canada a chip. That is true, but he's still a weirdo. True. All right, well. Why are you hating on him? Hold your horses. horses. Let's get to it. All right. So Chauncey Billups and Larry Drew are finalizing assistant assistant coaching deals, excuse me, to join Ty Lue in LA. So first question, will they bring a championship to the Clippers? Yes or no? That's a no. Uh, Got feeling no. Got feeling no. no. It's going to blow up in their faces. No, but I like what's going on as far as the coaching. Ty Lue deserves another shot. Chauncey Billups deserves a shot as a coach, but no, there's I don't see a championship path um, for the Clippers. I, I just want to say this. Um, Ty Lue is renowned for handling egos. Look what he did with LeBron in Cleveland. But I think the the, the turmoil that happened pre-Ty Lue taking over with Kawhi and the players complaining about his low management and how the Clippers were basically, you know, treated, treating him like a spoiled child. I think the toxicity from that will never go away. And I think it will ultimately end up being too much for Ty Lue. And Ty Lue, while he will do his best to control the locker room, he will eventually lose the locker room. Okay, so that's very interesting because the Clippers – they don't have time because after this season, Kawhi and PG are free agents. So if Ty Lue wants to do something, he has to do it now. And that's why the Clippers were actually interested in dealing for Westbrook, just so they can have <laughs> some semblance of whateverness you want to call it, just so they could win a potential championship. I don't know if the Clippers can do anything at this point. They're I, hamstrung by Kawhi and PG. I just they gave up the, all their assets for PG. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing else they can really do. Uh, look, Westbrook on the Clippers would be a lot of fun. And maybe, maybe they could all work together to do something special, but it, it's, it just can't happen. They a gave big up, maybe they gave up all their draft picks for Paul George. And he did not show up. It just doesn't seem like it's working there. 
I don't know if Ty Lue can get them over that hump when you see how strong the Lakers are, when you see how strong the West is. It's it's really difficult. Um, I'm actually predicting that they, the Clippers are going to be the most disappointing team mm-hmm. next season. I think, personally, I think Dallas and Denver are better than the Clippers. Uh, wow. I, th- I think the Clippers are... They're going to finish fifth in my as I predicted, but um, I mean, when all of this is said and done, and I think when it inevitably blows it up, it blows up in their faces. I think Steve Ballmer is going to have really, really big regrets, and he's going to be thinking to himself, "Man, I should have moved to Seattle when I had the chance." Okay, gee, you're shaking your head there because <laughs> it it's just weird. It's always been the Clippers. They have that Clipper curse, regardless of who's on their team, and we also have to factor in if they're even going to bring back some of the players that they have. Montres Harrell has a big ego. He's going to go get paid by a stupid team, yeah. <laughs> New York Knicks. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Lou Williams is getting older. I know he's still getting buckets. I don't know if they're going to be able to re-sign Marcus Morris. He might want to come to La La Land. He's already in La La Land. But he might want to come to the real L.A. team and the Lakers <laughs> instead of playing with the Clippers. So I, I just don't. I don't see them doing much. They're not going to do much in bringing Russell Westbrook to this team, which Paul George obviously wanted to get away from. It's not going to help this situation. Imagine Russell Westbrook and Kawhi Leonard on the same court or in the same locker room. Russell Westbrook screaming his lungs. Yep. My bad about that. Russell Westbrook screaming his lungs out and Kawhi Leonard just. <laughs> he hasn't downloaded that software yet. It's not going to, it's not going to work. It doesn't work. The Clippers had their chance this year. They didn't even make it to the Battle of L.A. It's over. They're going to do good in the season, though, but, you know, playoff P is going to come out. Pandemic P, my bad. Well, speaking of New York, you mentioned it very briefly. So we're going to talk really briefly about New York because, you know, New York. But (laughs) so they're interested in Chris Paul among other teams that are interested in Chris Paul, but just quick thoughts on this. It's not going to happen. New York doesn't have any assets. Um, 10 years too late. Um, they, yeah, I mean, it's not going to like, why, why? I mean, they, they, I mean, are they stuck in 2010? It's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. The Knicks are just bad. I, yeah. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> they just need to focus on rebuilding for the long term. Like it's, they're they're just they have to realize they're in the dumpster. We just have it's, to accept it. It's sad. They really are because RJ Barrett performed as a rookie and doesn't even get an all team nod, all rookie team nod. He 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 was top three in what points, rebounds, and assists as a rookie and doesn't get second team all rookie. So that just shows you how bad the Knicks are. Even when you have something good, like they have Mitchell Robinson over there. You think he's gonna stay? Nah. I mean, nah. In this in this purported trade. That's who they would be willing to give up. Kevin Knox, um, not RJ Barrett, but a whole bunch of their young guys, plus maybe picks if they have any left. Mm. You know, New York, it's just, it's a general good rule of thumb in the NBA, it seems, to stay as far away from the Knicks as possible. (laughs) Uh, Which is sad. It's sad. It is is sad, especially with such an originally storied franchise. And, you know, I, I don't think Chris Paul going there makes a lot of sense. I don't think they should make that trade unless they want to sell seats. But again, they're bigger stars. Uh, the one person who I could see enjoying being on the Knicks is Russell Westbrook, just having the whole culture to himself, run the team. But that's when he's ready to give up on a championship, which I don't think he is yet. But uh, 
Battle of New York with KD, that could be fun. But I don't see Chris Paul going there. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I could see the Knicks doing it just because it would be such a Knicks thing to do something that makes no sense. But we'll have to see what, what happens there. Knicks, what Knicks fans have to hope for is this, this is the best-case scenario. I think they need. They all need to accept the next five to seven years, they're gone. They're gone. There's nothing going to happen. But we have to focus on getting good young prospects through the draft, which you should Knicks fans should have hope for because, I mean, his name is not really being mentioned, but there could be a guy named Imani Bates in the near future. Um, it's it's a little far away, but he could be a big star. Just, just first guy saying that. So I mean, just not all hope is lost, but it's going to be a long ride out the tunnel. Right, well. At this rate, you're looking for Bronny James to be on the Knicks. <laughs> Dolan needs to sell the team. That, that's yes, the reality, yes right? he needs to sell. All right, so obviously CP3 to the Knicks is a definite definite no, excuse me. So what about CP3 to the Bucks, Or what if Oladipo to the Bucks? Because there's been a lot of talk with Victor Oladipo. Nobody really knows what he's doing. Only he knows. But will he find his way to... Milwaukee, or do you think he's going to go down to South Beach, join Jimmy Butler, all that situation in 2021? Because he is a free agent then. I just feel like I'm going to, I mean, I think Chris Paul could be a better fit with Giannis. And I, I just have a weird gut feeling that Victor Oladipo would fit Miami's culture like a lot better than Chris Paul would. I'm going to preach this again. No offense to Chris Paul, but it's another Chris Middleton situation. You can't lean on him. I'm sorry. I, I understand Chris Paul can be clutch at times, but in the moments where it's really needed, we've seen it in the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Rockets, this bubble. He wasn't the one to take the shot. They, Shai Gilgis Alexander takes the ball out and passes it to Steven Adams. So it looks like they weren't even trying to set up Chris Paul. And he kind of shied away from that. Let me facilitate a little bit more. And mother. You you needed to be the person that was driving that train. So the Bucks they want this, but it's just going to be another bonus for you in the uh, regular season. But when it come playoff time, you're not getting that clutch performer, which is what you're leaning on. So give up all your assets, your team over for 35 year old. I'm sorry, Depot uh, Ole Depot. I, I guess it's another Malcolm Brogdon situation to me. In, in my opinion, Brogdon is probably a better. Point one compared to uh, Victor Oladipo, but I mean, I don't think it's going to change much. What you're going to do? You're going to pair Oladipo up with Middleton at the two and three. Uh, I'm surprised we didn't mention the Lakers in this in this uh, with Victor Oladipo because I think that Victor Oladipo would be better on the Los Angeles Lakers. No attraction yet. No attraction yet. (laughs) You know, Chris Paul on the Bucks and what they'd have to give up to get him with his contract, players like Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez, it, it just doesn't work for me. You know, Giannis is already that floor general. He can pass. He can run the floor. Chris Paul, I just, he's amazing. I love Chris Paul, but I don't think he's as needed in Milwaukee. Whereas you got Chris Middleton, who's a scorer. Don't get me wrong. But get Victor Oladipo there as the next missing piece who is a really good player and can score. And I think that the Bucs could do something special. I feel like Oladipo could be that missing piece for them. I see him more in Milwaukee than I do in Miami. I think Miami, they just need to get, keep letting the young players grow up the way that they went this year. They, they, they exceeded their timeline by far. I don't think they need Oladipo at this point, and I don't know what they'd have to give up to get him. Might be too much. So I actually really like Oladipo on the Bucks. I think he could be the missing piece they need. Okay, so 
Speaking of missing pieces, what do you guys think about potentially seeing J. Rue Holiday in Milwaukee? Because word has been spreading that he could be traded by the Pelicans sometime soon. And we don't necessarily know where because a lot of teams are vying for him, especially the the Bucks. And I kind of came up with this weird fantasy trade. Feel free to to lambast me if you want, but Holiday has a player option for 21-22. So in during this offseason, he could go to the Bucks and he makes about $25 million, right? So if he goes to Milwaukee for Dante uh, DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Eric Bledsoe, plus picks, would that be enough to entice you if you're New Orleans? Would you say yes to that deal? Mm. I, I know we could get more for Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is, yeah. is, is very valuable in the NBA right now. I, I think that fits well, way better Drew Holiday on the Bucks fits way better than the other two superstars we listed. But as far as the Pelicans, I want to keep getting young assets. I'm really not trying to win right now. That's why we're getting rid of our veteran. So uh, I know Dante and DJ are cool, but in in (laughs) Milwaukee's picks, uh, which would be what late first round picks, it's not worth a a borderline all-star. So mm, it's not not enticing for me. He is an all-star. He's averaging like 25 and 5, I think, or 27 and 5 or something. And and I meant as far as him being borderline in the West. I know he made it when he was with Philly, right? Yeah. You'd have to give up. You'd have to give up too much to get Drew Holiday, I do think, uh, as far as the Bucs go. So if you're the Pelicans, no, I don't think you accept that trade. I think you ask for more. And I'm not sure it's worth it for the Bucs. I almost wonder at this point to me, Drew Holiday's trade value might be higher than Oladipo since Oladipo was coming off that injury. And that's the only reason that I still like Oladipo on the box. I think Bledsoe is a nice fit, but with what happened this year, I mean, they got to go for some shakeups and and Drew, Drew Holiday is a great player if they could get him without giving up too much. But if I'm New Orleans, I'm, I'm staying back a little bit and I'm waiting for some good trade offers to come in. Phoenix has been rumored as well. Phoenix keeps coming up today. They mm-hmm. need a point guard. But, uh, you know, future's bright for Drew Holiday right now, I would say. Yeah, the Hawks too, because they're trying to, they're engaging in three team mm-hmm. trades for that yeah. number six pick to go to New Orleans for Drew Holiday. <laughs> the T Wolves and the Celtics too. Denver has even thrown out some names out there Gary Harris, Bo Bo, PJ Dozier, 2024, 2022 first round picks. And the thing with this is Drew Holiday is heavily expected to decline his player option. So unless he wins everything, it's just going to be a one-year rental. So that's kind of... Might as well just come to the Lakers because when you come over here, you know what I'm saying, Um, winning a ship. I mean, and he's from here. His his wife, I think, is from here. So they'll be perfectly at home here. So... Yeah, it's really a nice fit. And I think Justin Holiday is a uh, that's uh, Drew Holiday's brother uh, is also free agent. So if we pick him up in offseason, that just gives a little bit more uh, motivation for Drew Holiday to come come back home. I do like the idea of Drew Holiday on the Atlanta Hawks because Trey Young is such an obscenely good talent. I love Trey Young. Has so much potential, and if you get Drew Holiday as like a leader mentorship, especially with Vince Carter retiring. I do think that was part of Trey Young's development was having just that veteran leadership. Maybe the Atlantic Hawks can become a more respectable team because 
Trey Young needs to be doing something. That guy is a big-time player who is nowhere near making it on the big-time stage right now. I could see Drew Holiday being someone who helps him shape up a little bit. Whatever happened That's- to Jeff Teague? Uh, he's still in the league. He's he's gonna be a free agent as well. I forget what team he was playing on. I think was he playing on the Hawks? He was playing I on think Hawks. So yeah, backup point guard. So yeah. I I like that Skyler. I actually like Drew Holiday on the Hawks, and then we also get a full year with Clint Capella at the five and John Collins. Mm-hmm. It may work out. They still have Kevin Herter, uh, whatever his last name is. So I mean, that's looking a little bit more promising for them. Just fill in uh the bench with a little bit more of those blue guys and role players, and the Hawks look like they could be a fifth seed in the East. Yeah, it's uh, actually uh, like personally, uh, the Hawks is one of those rebuilds I really hope succeeds. Uh, firstly, is because like, I like Trey Young, and, and to Atlanta, they've had they've had good years, but they've never gotten to a level where like okay, like we're contending for a title. It's a market that's it's honestly been untapped potential for the league, and I think you know if Trey if this whole Trey Young experiment eventually works out in the long run, that's a that's a good thing for the league in general in basketball. Absolutely. Right. And just a few more things here before we wrap this episode up. So we know that there has been a lot of friction between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And apparently things have been patched up, but we don't know. Everything's just whatever at this point. So because Gobert is expected to be a free agent, do you think that he resigns with the Utah Jazz? They give him that extremely super max deal worth 45 to $50 million a year or do you think he gets traded? He potentially goes to Dallas because it's an interesting fit for Przingis and Gobert if that were to happen. Because just some few notes here. Although Porzingis was effective as a five, the team was a plus 11 with KP at the four and a traditional center. And Gobert is actually also being, being looked at by the Boston Celtics. So Gobert, Ed Davis, Mie Oni could end up on the Celtics for Gordon Hayward, Daniel Theis, the number 14 pick, the number 26 pick, and a 2023 first rounder. So which do you think is more plausible to happen? Gobert to Dallas or Gobert to Boston? I think the whole COVID incident was just an incident of of very unfortunate circumstances. Personally, I think Gobert resigns with Utah because they were, they were rolling before all this happened. So like why stop now? So, um, not for 50 million. I mean, personally, I sign it, get get my money, and like let's let's continue to play this experiment out for the next couple of seasons. Agreed with Daniel. Utah is one of those places where you're not gonna get big free name, uh, big name free agents, and nobody wants to play for Utah. You have a big two in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Continue to build around them. Of course, Rudy Gobert is a defensive presence in a big that is going to heavily it positively impact any team he is on. So if he's on the Celtics, they're automatically championship contenders, in my opinion. Get rid of Gordon Hayward. If he goes to Dallas, they are automatically put up there because now they have twin towers in Porzingis and Rudy Gobert. Porzingis doesn't have to play uh, so much defense, although he's a good blocker. So if I'm the Jazz, I don't trade Rudy Gobert. You keep him and you get you get rid of players that maybe has underperformed that you overpaid like Joe Ingles. First of all, I'll say I don't like Rudy Gobert on the Celtics that much. I think they have something going on there, and it's sort of like that Miami Heat situation, except we just didn't see the timeline extended. Uh, keep the players together, the young players. Jason Tatum is a future superstar in this league, and I liked what I was seeing out of Daniel Tice. I think they got a nice thing going there. I don't think they need to mess with it too much right now with the young players developing the way they are there. Yes, Utah should re-sign Rudy Gobert because 
people don't really come there. Yeah. And they have Donovan Mitchell, who is so special, and Rudy Gobert. But I really like the fit of Rudy Gobert in Dallas, if that can happen some way. Because you've got Luka Doncic, who's just, we've never seen anything like him before. And he's got so much time. It's just absurd. He's breaking all of the young man records for triple doubles and stat lines he put up in the playoffs that have never even happened before. This dude is special. And you need to give him whatever you can get him. And so I like the idea of not having to worry on the defensive end and the rim protecting end because Dallas doesn't really have that. Porzingis is a great offensive talent. Yes, he can block. But if you get that true defensive anchor and can let Luka just run the show on offense, I could see that making Dallas a real force to be reckoned with. But Dallas doesn't have the assets that the Celtics have. That makes them more of a, of a place for Rudy Gobert to be at. So that's where my rebuttal comes in at. On top of that, the Celtics aren't giving up their core. They're keeping Kimba, they're keeping uh, Jalen Brown, and they're keeping uh, Jason Tatum. The Celtics oh, yep. lost because they didn't have a, a solid five. They have Daniel Thice. How tall is he? 6'9", 6'8"? He's not six, a legit ten. center. 6'10", he looks like he's 6'7". He's not a legit center in this league. And if you're going up against the bigs in the East, when you're going to have to go up against big DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen next year because they got KD and Kyrie Irving coming back, and you're going to need boards, or you're going up against Joel Embiid, you're going to need a big to be able to play that defense. And that is what the Celtics missing. I've seen trades about potentially getting Miles Turner, which you get that, that defensive uh, presence in the paint in that uh, stretch five. But I think Rudy Gobert fits better with the Celtics and their timeline of winning a championship soon and now if he goes to the Mavericks with the the assets they don't have to get him uh I, don't, I think it takes a little bit longer because you didn't also have to think about KP and his uh, ability to to be able to play I thought Tice played all right I thought Tice played all right but I do see what you're saying Gobert speeding up that timeline a little bit I blame, I blame Tatum a bit only because I expect so much from Tatum. He's right. so good. He has so much potential. And if he took just a step in to hit those nice pull-up jumpers coming off the screen, instead of taking all the threes he was taking, because we know Kobe worked with him on that mid-range game, I think that Tatum can really, really do some damage. And I'm concerned Gobert takes away too much. But overall, I guess... If he's just an anchor on the defensive end, that could work. But the Celtics are a fast team, and Tice keeps up with that pace. And I'm not sure if Gobert slows down that pace. But, yeah, it's tough. Dallas doesn't really have the assets. Celtics would be a great trade, but I'm not sure they should go all in on Gobert. If I'm Utah, I keep Rudy Gobert there with yeah. uh, Donovan Mitchell and see what can happen. I mean, if I'm Dallas, I mean, my focus is free agency next year. Yeah. I think everyone. Is, <laughs> I think everyone's they, they, trying to look for for next next year's free agency because we you all know there, there's a there's a Greek man named Giannis and he's on the block. He's you know he's not on the block crazy. yet. He's not on the block yet. But speaking of which, just a, a few more notes here, quick hitters, if you guys don't mind. So a few days ago, the MBA and the MBPA have agreed to create the Social Justice Coalition to Advance Equality and Social Justice per Sham Sharanium. The people on, the, on this board are Adam Silver, Mark Tatum, and Michelle Roberts. There's also Mickey Arison, Steve Ballmer, Clay Bennett, Mark Lazary, and Vivek Ranadive from the Governors. And the players will be, will be made up of Carmelo Anthony, Avery Bradley, Sterling Brown, Donovan Mitchell, and Carl Anthony Towns. And Lloyd Pierce and Doc Rivers will be rounding out this group. Just any quick thoughts on that? 
uh, personally, um, this is a good move for the NBA. Like, first of all, yes, we should be advocating for social justice, of course. Uh, so, but most importantly, this is good PR for the league. Um, the NBA has handled this issue far more better than the other professional leagues have. Skylar, you must be thinking, Ahem, the uh, the National Hockey League has not handled this issue issue at great at all. So NBA is the leader always in this situation. Yep. So the the NBA. Um, keep doing what you're doing. It's only going to serve you well in the wrong in the long run. It's just good PR. Yeah, just to echo what Daniel's saying, it's necessary. It's needed. Um, it 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 gives a sense of your, let's say your boss. I guess it's backing you up, and that's what you want to do. You want to have a sense of security within your workplace. And this, like I said, it's it's a need. It's necessary. Personally, I love this move. I think it's absolutely brilliant because this is not just PR, it's where real change can happen. Because think about it, you've got the wealthiest group of educated and just really powerful and influential black men in the world with the NBA and the, what they're doing for social justice. Carmelo Anthony does not get nearly enough credit for what he's done with his foundation and how long he's been in the game of advocating for social justice. We remember the 2016 SB speech. Uh, David Stern was much more of a commissioner who said sort of shut up and dribble. Whereas Adam Silver comes in and he gets Donald Sterling out of the league right away and is all about these players advocating. And I think if you combine the NBA players who have lived through these experiences that we're trying to create change from with the owners who have the wealth and political influence to actually make something happen. This is what the world needs to create real and true change. I like Doc Rivers and his perspective, the fact that his father was a police officer and he has both sides and I think, and can know, you know, how do we stop this from happening? I think this is an incredible move that goes beyond PR. I think this is the kind of thing that can create real change. Well said. Well said. And speaking of change, there's just a little bit of changes being made towards the NBA. Um, Thunder assistant Mark Dagnalt, probably said that wrong, is their new head coach, per Woj. He was their G League coach for five years, and it's the first time in NBA history that a G League coach became the head coach of an NBA team. So shout out to him. Good luck. It's going to be a rough few seasons because the Thunder is rebuilding, but good, good luck to him. And yeah, also shout out to president elect Joe Biden. The chair of the, of the Biden task force on COVID-19 is the former surgeon general who advised the NBA prior to the NBA bubble per Ethan J. Skolnick. So cool, cool stuff. And two more things here before we wrap this up. The NBA has actually sent its 30 teams a memo with protocols for eligible markets to host fans, requiring people within 30 feet of courts of the court to register negative coronavirus tests two days prior to the game or rapid tests on the days of the game. And that's per shams. For team suites at 25% capacity or less, testing would not be required for fans. Teams would be permitted for 50%, uh, you know, 50% attendance. If all fans were, were tested or if local counties positive rates is 3% or below and the seven day average of new cases per 1,000 resident, 100,000 residents is 10 or fewer. So that's a lot. Um, I still don't think we're going to see fans at all this year. I mean, it's just for safety reasons. I'm predicting, I think we will 
eventually, but it will come towards the later half of the season. And it, like, it will not be 100% capacity. Um, Absolutely. No. Yeah. So it's going to be another rough year, but I'm predicting that we're at least the teams are going to at least return to their respective arenas, which is a start. Got to start yeah. somewhere. I can see that. Um, and if anything, bare minimum, just like 25% being filled of the arena, like how we see with the NFL games, just a, a small amount of people that are able to get into there. And I guess they're going to charge your arm and the leg for those people to uh, <laughs> attend. But I mean, it's better than nothing, right? And we'll just be glad as fans to see our home team play in their home arena. Yeah, and Lakers, exactly. let's get that parade. No <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Yes. The NBA is smarter than the NFL, as we've seen this year. Yes. When, when it hits the fan, the NBA stepped up. And so for that reason, the NFL has been butchering it a little bit with the whole mixed messages of fans in the stadiums. I see the NBA carrying out more of a uniform policy throughout the season. And the Lakers actually just officially announced today that they will not start the season with uh, any fans at the game. So I could see almost the whole season going without fans, unless they figure out some kind of way to bubble groups of fans at the game. I remember Adam Silver talking about that in an interview. I think that could be a really interesting idea, but overall I see this year being pretty uniform with no fans. And then uh, we'll have media and coverage there in the suites and whatnot. Yeah. And speaking of coverage, want to end on some good news. So y'all remember Delonte West, right? He's, you know, he's been going through a really rough time and, you know, because of coverage, Mark Cuban was able to find him on the streets of Dallas and, you know, help him get back on his feet somewhat. Well, I saw a video a few days ago of Delonte West. He He's back in the gym shooting hoops. So, you know, I don't know what else to say, except that's great news. He's uh, he's on the up and up. It's going to take a while, but he's he's getting up there. It's the beauty of sports, people coming together that you would never expect to come together and uh, people of all different backgrounds and, and views. And this is just another really wonderful example of that. Maybe it becomes a Hollywood script one day. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, just, absolute... Go ahead. I just wish the best for him. So, I mean, the, 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 you know, as hopefully we can help him get him back on the court sooner than later. So shout out to Mark Cuban. And it's absolutely great to see the, the video of him in, on, in a gym rather than on the street. So, Really good. Without. Yeah. And with all that being said, don't forget to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks podcast. And before we sign off, I just want to say big, big shout out to Skylar for hopping on. I know it's a uh, it's what time is it over there? Uh, it's already like 9.30 here. Yeah, so it's a little bit later, but we appreciate you hopping, you know, stopping by, hopping on the podcast, and just you know, shooting the for like an hour and a half. Really, really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Being from Canada, everyone here loves hockey. You find a couple of Hoops fans, and it's really special when you do. But to be able to talk like this for an hour and a half nearly with a bunch of people who really know and love hoops was a very special experience for me and hope to do it again. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And if people want to read your work, if they want to find you on socials, where can they find you? 
Absolutely. So at Skylar Treppel on Instagram, I'm working on a demo reel and a website right now. Go to Sir Charles in Charge, type my name on Google. But if you go to Sir Charles in Charge, you can look up my articles. If you go to Lake Show Life, I now write for Fan Sided's website, Lake Show Life. One of my articles was shared on Bleacher Report. So there you go. Uh, check that out. And just follow me on Instagram for right now and at Skylar Treppel on Twitter as well. And I'll be uploading all of my various broadcasts, podcast stuff, and this episode of Shooting Bricks I will be promoting as well because this was a blast, guys. Thank you very much. Man, we appreciate the love, man. We appreciate the love. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. Uh, I'm Daniel Wynn. Uh, once again, I thank Skylar for coming on. And... Uh... Uh, Lakers and LAFC till I die. And, uh, joining us. <laughs> uh, amazing episode with you, Skyler. We're going to be promoting your stuff as well on the Shooting Bricks podcast social media sites. So check that out. Um, it's your boy, Rally Rail, Jarrell Sales. And of course, our special guest today. This is Skyler Treppel, Mamba Forever, and Mamba Out. And we will see you next week. <laughs>